I didn't see anybody else coming to the podium, so I guess it must be my turn. <laughs> I want to say that um, I'm glad to be here in the absence of our pastor this morning, and you know what they say, when the cat's away, the mice will have to do anything. So <laughs> I know you'll notice things a bit different this morning, and we're going to have a patriotic service today where we have the, the flag folded and the color guard is here from the disabled American veterans in Roanoke, Virginia, and we're glad to have them here with us today. But uh, may we open with prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beauty of this day. We pray, Lord, for our mission team who is out in Hampton, Southampton, Lord, with their mission goals today. And we ask you to bless them, Lord, and keep them safe and return them home safely. We pray, Lord, for Valshara, our music director, Lord, as she is still battling with the illness and sickness. And we pray for your great healing power. Indeed, Lord, we pray for all those who are sick and distressed or in such great need of your mercy and grace. We pray, Lord, for our service men and women who uh, serve throughout the world, wherever they may be, that you keep them safe and as they risk their life and limb uh, to protect and guard us. We pray for our church, Lord. We pray that we will ever preach the gospel of Christ according to the Holy Scriptures. And we pray, Lord, for our our Christian way of life, that you would protect us and allow us to continue to preach your word and the gospel of Christ Jesus. We're thankful, Lord, to be uh, a resident, a citizen of the United States of America where we enjoy great freedom. May we continue to trust in you, our true and living God, for our present and our future. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, God has brought me to a place in life where not too many things upset me anymore. I've learned to kind of roll with the punches, you might say. Um, I have a comfortable place to live, a, a good wife, and many Christian friends, especially those here at Rocky Mount Baptist Church, to comfort me when, when I'm in, in need. And However, I find that when someone disrespects any of these things that I love and disrespects my God and my country, I do become upset. I, I take offense and, and I stand for what our flag and what our country stands for. I see athletes who are paid millions and millions of dollars disrespecting our flag and our way of life. Friends, when they're disrespecting our flag, they're disrespecting my God and my country, and that upsets me greatly. Uh, personally, I don't care if I never see a football game again because of that, but I know you have your own opinions too. But I see others who fail to give our uh, the flag of our great nation is due respect. And, and this blatant disregard to honor our flag is a disgrace to our God, our home, and our country. This morning I want to share with you why I know that our country and our way of life is founded on our faith in the one true and living God. Memorial Day just passed, as did Flag Day. Fourth of July is approaching quickly. All these are opportunities set forth by our leaders as a time to remember those who fought and died for our way of life, and a time to remember and renew our patriotism, our support to our God, to our home, and to our country. Abraham Lincoln once said, a nation who fails to remember those who have borne the burden of battle will itself someday be forgotten. We will not forget. 
Will you please stand for the colors of our nation? Color Guard Commander, post the colors. Prepare for the firing of a volley. be seated. In 1862, Union Captain Robert Ellicombe was hunkered down with his men near Harrison's Landing, Virginia. The Union Army was being pressed by the Confederates after having been routed in seven days of fighting. One night, Captain Ellicombe heard a wounded soldier moaning in no man's land between the two armies. Risking his own life, the captain moved between the lines to carry the wounded man safety. When he was finally back behind his own lines, Captain Ellicombe discovered that the young soldier he had carried was actually a Confederate soldier and had died just as they reached the hospital tent. Upon further inspection, the face of the Confederate soldier looked somewhat familiar. Suddenly, the captain came to the shocking realization that the young man was his own son. Consumed by grief, Captain Delacombe asked to be able to bury his boy with military honors, but it was denied because his son was a Confederate. However, he was allowed to have a bugler play um, as his son was being lowered to the grave. When asked what he would like the bugler to play, the captain provided a piece of paper that his son had been carrying. On the paper was written a series of 24 notes. It is said that this haunting scene was the first time that taps was ever played. Flag folding ceremony you're witnessing now represents the same religious principles on which our country was founded. The first fold is a symbol of life. The second fold is a symbol of our belief and eternal life. The third fold is made in honor and remembrance of the veteran who has departed our ranks and the one who has given a portion of life for the defense of our country to attain a peace throughout the world. The fourth fold represents our weaker nature, for as American citizens trusting in God, it is to him return in times of peace as well as times of war 
for his divine guidance. The fifth fold is a tribute to our country, for in the words of Stephen DeCanner, our country in dealing with other countries, may she always be right, but still our country, right or wrong. The sixth fold is where our hearts lie. It is with our hearts that we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The seventh fold is a tribute to our armed forces, for it is through the armed forces that we protect our country and our flag against all her enemies, whether they be found within or without the boundaries of our republic. The eighth fold is a tribute to the one who entered into the valley of the shadow of death, that we might see the light of day and to honor mother for whom it flies on Mother's Day. The ninth fold is a tribute to womanhood, for it has been through their faith, love, loyalty, and devotion that the characters of the men and women who have made this country great have been molded. The tenth fold is a tribute to the father, for he too has given his sons and daughters for the defense of our country since they were first born. The eleventh fold, in the eyes of the Hebrew citizens, represents the lower portion of the seal of King David and King Solomon and glorifies in their eyes the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The twelfth fold in the eyes of the Christian citizen represents an emblem of deity and eternity and glorifies in their eyes God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When this flag is completely folded, the stars are uppermost, reminding us of our national motto, In God We Trust. After the flag is completely folded and tucked in, it takes the appearance of a cocked hat, ever reminding us of the soldiers who served under General George Washington and the sailors and Marines who served under Captain John Paul Jones, who were followed by their comrades and shipmates in the armed forces of the United States, preserving for us the rights, privileges, and freedoms we enjoy today. Being properly folded as it is presented to the next of kin at a military funeral, on behalf of the President of the United States of America. You will notice on this podium is a, it's called a battlefield cross. It's placed with a soldier who is killed in combat on the field after he has been declared deceased. It is placed there until the graves registration people can come and retain the body. I thank my friends from Disabled American Veterans Chapter 3 for the job they did today. As the children are dismissed to Children's Church, you can say hello to these gentlemen and they'll speak with you. Did you notice that some of the children seem kind of reluctant <laughs> to walk in front of those soldiers? Um, by the way, if, in case you get drowsy, these men are going to stay with their rifles in the back. So <laughs> they'll wake you up. I want to share with you today some facts about our nation and our capital and our way of life um, as proof to you that our nation was founded on our faith in God. Make no mistake that we're a great nation only because of our faith 
and our Lord and Savior. The Supreme Court has acknowledged in a case in 1952 that we are a religious people whose institutes presuppose the existence of a supreme being. Consequently, we have publicly recognized the importance of religion in various ways throughout history. Here are some examples of those facts. The Declaration of Independence declares that our creator is the source of our inalienable rights. Only through God do we have rights and privileges. The first Congress urged President Washington to recommend to the people a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to acknowledge the many favors of Almighty God. The Liberty Bell has inscribed upon it a verse from Leviticus 25.10, Proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. In 1861, Abraham Lincoln issued a proclamation calling for a national day of humiliation, prayer, and fasting for all the people of the nation. In 1954, by an official act of Congress, the words, Under God, were added to the pledge of the American flag. In 1956, by executive order of President Eisenhower, the words, in God's we trust, were added to our currency. The words, in God we trust, also appears in the chamber of the United States House of Representatives in our nation's capital. The tomb of the unknown soldier bears these words, here lies an honored glory, an American soldier known but to God. In the Library of Congress, scripture verses are inscribed on two pillars that adorn the main reading room, Micah 6, 8. What, doth God, what does the Lord require but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God? You'll see that again in a minute. In Psalm 19, 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. America's historic sites reveal her Christian foundations. Throughout history, many nations have built monuments to record victories in battle and people conquered. Numerous countries have erected memorials to honor their gods, be they human or fictitious deities. Every nation's monument and every national symbol reflect the heart of the people and identify what they believe is the source of their nation's greatness and achievements. In this respect, America is unique among the nations of the world. Our monuments have no record of people or nations conquered or military encounters resulting in the destructions of cities and empires. American monuments and symbols contain the declaration that the source of our birth and liberty and greatness is God. A tour of historic sites in America, and particularly the capital city, reveals that America was a nation birthed by men and had a firm reliance upon Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ. Inscribed upon our buildings, monuments, and national symbols of our nation's faith in God, here is something of some of those. The Library of Congress. Within the Great Hall of the Jefferson Building are two climate control cases one containing a Gutenberg Bible and the other a hand-copied giant Bible of Mainz. The display of these two Bibles is very appropriate because in the words of President Andrew Jackson, 
The Bible is the rock upon which our republic rests. The Bible of our soul, the body of who we are, what we are, rests upon our faith in God. Many biblical inscriptions can be found in the ceiling and walls, including the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. And wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. In the nation's capital, in all these government buildings, you'll find these, these inscriptions everywhere, scriptures and, and what we were founded on and what we believe in. In the main reading room are statues and quotes representing fields of knowledge. Moses and Paul represent religion with the inscription, What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? Micah 6.8. Science is represented by the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. In history, one nation, one law, one element, and one far-off divine event to which the whole creation moves. In the Supreme Court, the biblical foundation of American law is evidenced through this building. On the outside of each pediment is a marble relief of Moses holding tablets containing the Ten Commandments. Engraved on the oak doors at the entrance of the court chamber are the Roman numerals 1 through X, and above the heads of the justice is a carved marble relief with a large stone tablet containing 1 through X in between two allegorical figures representing the power of government and the majesty of law. These are the Ten Commandments of our Lord. In the main foyer are marble busts of previous chief justices, many of whom were Christians, such as John Jay, the first chief justice, and John Marshall, the most prominent in the early years. Each day the court is in session, a crier ends his call announcing the formal opening by declaring, God save the United States and the honorable court in the Capitol building. All the eight large paintings in the rotunda present aspects of our Christian history. A few include the landing of Columbus. Columbus said he was convinced to sail because it was the Lord who put into my mind and that the gospel must still be preached to so many lands. Do we realize that Columbus was seeking to preach the gospel when he founded America? Do we understand why our government is based on our faith in God? Do we understand why our love for the flag is so important? It represents our country, our nation, but above all, it represents our God, our very way of life. The baptism of Pocahontas um, shows the baptism of one of the first converts in the Virginia colony. The Virginia Charter said that they came to propagate the Christian religion to such people as yet live in darkness and miserable ignorance of the true knowledge and worship of God. They came to preach the gospel. Departure of the pilgrims from Holland shows the pilgrim observing a day of prayer and fasting. William Brewster is holding an open Bible upon which is written the New Testament of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God with us 
is written on the ship's sail. Anyone witnessing this from afar could see the reason they were traveling, God with us. Also in the rotunda are carved reliefs, including Penn's treaty with the Indians. Penn called the treaty a holy experiment and said of it that my God has given it to me. Will I believe, bless, and make it the seed of a nation? Indeed, it was the seed of a nation. The landing of the pilgrims, having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. In God we trust, our national motto is inscribed in letters of gold behind the speaker's rostrum in the house chamber. Also in the chamber above the central gallery door is a marble relief of Moses, the greatest of the 23 noted law givers. In 1867, the house chamber was the meeting place for the largest church congregation in America. Imagine that. The largest church congregation in America was in the chambers of the nation's capital. This was not unusual for churches that have been meeting in the capital from its beginning. Statues of many early leaders are displayed throughout the capital. Most of these people were Christians, and many were ministers, including George Washington, James Garfield, Samuel Adams, Reverend Peter Mullenberg, Reverend Roger Williams, Reverend Marcus Whitman, Daniel Webster, Lou Wallace, Reverend Jason Lee, John Winthrop, Reverend Jonathan Trumbull, Roger Sherman, and Francis Willard. Many plaques in the Capitol declare our faith as well, including, in God we trust, place above the Senate main door. What hath God wrought? The first message sent over the telegraph in 1844, found in the Samuel F. B. Morris plaque outside the old Supreme Court chamber. The prayer room, make sure you get that. There is a prayer room in our nation's capital. I don't know how much it's used anymore. I'd like to think it's used daily, but the prayer room contains an open Bible sitting on an altar in front of a stained window showing Washington in earnest prayer. Behind him is that's the verse of Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Our forefathers who founded our country founded it on our faith in God. And God we trust is plastered throughout our Capitol buildings and our government buildings in Washington. In God we trust. Is there anything more that we can do than trust in God and continue to spread the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that we live in a free nation. I thank you, Lord, that we are free to worship our one and true living God without oppression, without fear of retaliation. I pray, Lord, for our mission team, led by our pastor who is now on the mission field, advancing the kingdom of God here on earth and preaching the gospel of Christ Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you continue to bless this church and its people. May we always live in the light of the word and never the darkness of the world. Save us, Lord, 
from the evil one, from the darkness of the earth. Keep us in your care, Lord. Continue to bless us and be merciful to us. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our hymn of invitation. Period. Come. Measure of faith in Christ. team this week and we will see you on Wednesday afternoon. May the mercy and love of God the Father and the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the communion of the fellowship and the Holy Spirit abide with you now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.